This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform. I am sitting here with Eat to Perform Super Coach Kim Christensen. <laughs> she is going to be my, I don't know, you want to be the protagonist or the antagonist in this scenario? Oh, God, I'm just nervous in general, so. <laughs> you'll, be, <sighs> you'll be fine. I never let any of the guests talk anyway. Um, <laughs> so uh, what we're going to do, uh, if, if you're not a member of SLOT and you're an each form member, you should be because that's where we kind of get together and we do kind of social type stuff. And I think uh, it's a real great way to kind of connect with a lot of other e-conformers that might be similar to you. There's always meetups going on and, and stuff like this that are always kind of fun. So if you're not in that social group, it you know, you're probably missing out on something. But I do tend to kind of run some ideas. And one of the ideas that I went over this week was this idea of an Eat Perform Trump card, which is basically um, a two-week mini-cut. And, um, you know, we have the WAVE method, which is kind of our uh, way of, you know, clients getting fat loss while keeping performance as a priority and so um as we started talking about this you know kim brought up some concerns and i thought that those were all very legitimate concerns but let's back up from all that and then kim why don't you talk a little bit about how you started to perform what you do for exercise you know how many kids you got, where you live, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, I joined Eat to Perform a little over two years ago. And um, my coach actually signed me up for it, my CrossFit coach at the time. I had started CrossFit. I was 250 pounds. And I, you know, had lost some weight, but workouts – I mean, he just really felt like regardless of my size, I should be doing better in the gym. And I had been really strict paleo for over a year. And so, you know, he paid my membership and signed me up. And, you know, it, um, I was his guinea pig. He didn't really want to push this strict paleo thing like all the other gyms in our area had. And um, so... I started with Eat to Perform. Sorry, there's a bug flying in my face. And a little bit about me getting started. I have six kids. I homeschool my six kids. I have a crazy, crazy busy life. And um, you're, you're a member of the um, Eat to Perform coaching team. And so um, she's, you know, basically on a team if you're not familiar with group coaching, basically, uh, if you need a little bit more accountability, you need a little bit more structure to the problems that you might be having, um, the group coaching is sort of the way that we do that. So, Kim, I think right now Gina's gone. You're in that little pod, right? And you're filling in for her? I am. I get to do calls with the amazing April who told me to make sure I told everybody how amazing she was. And uh, so there's her shout out. <laughs> April, uh, April is actually, it's her husband, um, Tom's birthday today. So, um, so she gets to celebrate that with, with him. And so uh, we get to have Kim as part of the process today. So, um, but I think that if you're not familiar with group coaching, not only do you have like those pods where it might be Kim, April, and Gina, but then you have a whole series of Eatform coaches where, you know, there's journals and then, you know, we walk daily through what people's, you know, the things that might be struggling with, or really, you know, I always kind of make the case for people talking a lot about, you know, the good stuff too, because I think that, you know, if we don't get the good stuff too, we're only getting like a quarter of the story, you know? I mean, like just today, it was really hilarious. So I, I, I 
Um, I didn't have, uh, you know, a call. Normally we have assessments. Um, today was just one of the days where we didn't have one. So I ended up taking a bath. I come out of the bath. I put on my clothes. I'm looking in the mirror and I'm going, yep, nailed it. <laughs> literally, like five hours later, I was like, how can I look so different in five hours, you know? Um, and so, it, you know, we all go through that, you know, it's just a matter of like not allowing, you know, it to play too much into your brain. I think the other thing to talk about a little bit was my jeans article. Holy cow. You know, I kind of knew that that would be popular because, you know, what I was tr trying to say, and we can actually talk a little bit about it in the two minute or the two week mini cut part, but you know, sort of the, the, the portion I'm saying is that sometimes you're going to have a little water weight. Sometimes your jeans are going to fit, you know, a little tighter by the end of the day. But, you know, when you do that and you allow an adequate amount of carbohydrates in moderation, usually it's going to allow for better recovery and then you'll end up being tighter in the morning. Now, you know, are you always tighter in the morning? I would say that women struggle with that more than men. So I'll let Kim, you know, kind of take that side of things. But in general, you know, what happens is that, you know, all your hormonal, you know, recovery type stuff happens in the middle of the night. And so you wake up usually a lot leaner. So the pants that were tight last night, you throw on and they're kind of loose in the morning. That's how this works, right? That's how your body's supposed to work. This idea that you're supposed to be lean, all the time is kind of a net negative. Um, any any other things that you wanted to throw in, Kim, to cover before we get started? Yeah, well, I do think um, I think it's part of the mental game. Like, I mean, all the time you have we hear on the boards like women like one day they feel lean and the next day they feel like fat. And they're like, it's like you got to hop off the roller coaster of feeling lean and fat. Like, it's all kind of part of the process. Like that can change from day to day. Like some days I wake up and I feel, for me, pretty stinking lean. And then the next day I feel like I'm falling over my pants, like when I wake up. But there's nothing really all that different from one day to the next. Well, you know, exercise, salt, food, whatever. It's no big deal. But like we have to not, especially women, like not make, let that make us crazy. Well, especially as someone coming, I mean, like what I, what I, the thing that I've always liked about, Kim is that we kind of have a shared journey. You know, we both started off really obese, right? I mean, the uh, I mean, I don't have a problem saying that about myself. I wouldn't say that about you, Kim. But you know, we came from yeah. a situation where we lost a lot of weight, right? So, can you talk a little bit about you know, kind of that mindset change? Because I think what happens is is you get to a point, right? I mean, and and I got down as low as one hundred and fifty. And now I'm 175 pounds. So it took like a mental shift to allow myself to build muscle and to allow myself to be comfortable in my skin and actually gain a little weight, you know, um, after losing roughly 80 pounds. So can you talk a little bit about how that worked for you? I mean, I go through periods where that's great and periods where it's not as great. Like, I'd love to say that, like, 100% of the time, like, I just am all about, like, like look how big and jacked and strong I am. But, like, I mean, I just had April April the other day go, yeah, I'm looking at your MyFitnessPal. We need to be eating more. I'm like, well, I came out the other end of – I did PFFL, and I came out the other end, like, a little screwed up in the head for me again because I had not cut in two years. I just got leaner. I got stronger. I was crushing it in the gym. That's all I really cared about. Then I went through a little period of like, let's lose some fat. And I came out the other end, like a little back in my mental place a little bit. You know what I mean? I think that happens to, to everybody that that's kind of part of the journey sometimes is, is that that's going to kind of ebb and flow. Like it's, it's hard. Like I had to put myself back in that mental place again. So then I go ahead. From the, the top where you were, right? Yeah. You sort of like the strict paleo side of things. Like yeah. how much weight loss are we talking about? Like before, before like I, from the highest to lowest. Oh, from the highest to lowest? Um, I was 
fifty plus pounds. I don't know what the top top end. The last time the weighing was two hundred fifty pounds. Last time I first time I weighed, and I had been paleo for a bit. So, but that was at a size three X, four X, depending on my clothes. And I am one hundred sixty five pounds now, but that's at a size eight. Right. So I went from a three four X to a size eight. Yeah, and I mean like. You know, you look like an athlete. You look super lean. And I think that, um, I mean, you probably don't think of yourself as super lean. Well, because I have a lot of skin, too. Like, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of skin that is just part of, the, part of the process. That's hard. Like, that's one of the things sometimes that I really have to get through mentally is that that skin is never going to – I'm never going to look the same as somebody without – a hundred pounds, basically worth of lost skin. Here, the um, oh, no. the <laughs> all, all I'm saying is is that <laughs> yeah. the fact of the matter is is that if you've lost a lot of weight, you're going to be seeing some loose skin, and I would say that you know that that's an area that you know I still you know still feel a little something about. You know, I wish it I wish it didn't yeah. weigh on my brain. But, yeah. The fact that, yeah, the fact that I'm willing to play with it on camera should tell you guys that I'm a little bit comfortable with it. Um, you know, I would say that, uh, you know, below my navel, there's probably some some looser skin that, uh, you know, I don't always love every single moment. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, one of the things that people like you and I can contribute to the conversation it's just this idea, you know, that you you're like a runway model or something. You know, like I don't know what the expectation is, but you know, I th I think for you, you know, I, I just always see someone that's really confident in their own skin is like carries the banner for a lot of people that you know really would you know want to do what you did. You know, and then come out the other side where, you know, like you said, you're still, you know, focusing a little bit on fat loss. You know, there's there's still some work that, that you're doing there, but in general most of the most of the idea is performance based. Oh yeah, I mean and I'm still I mean, skin or not, I mean I'm still a tank top and booty short wearing CrossFit, you know, when I'm in the gym. I mean I'm not uh I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident in my own skin, regardless of all that. And plus I've had six babies. I mean, I've had six big pregnancies that weight loss plus pregnancies does not do the, you know, that's why, that's why I think more people need Kim Christensen in their life for the, the reason that you're talking about. I just think that, that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have tried to hate themselves lean, you know, and they've fallen short the whole time. And they would just be so much better off, you know, just kind of embracing where they are, you know, and then just kind of, you know, snuggling up with their inner badass and moving on. You know what I mean? And and it doesn't mean that you can't have goals. It doesn't mean that you sure. won't lose weight or, or whatever. But at some point, you got to move on, you know. And, and kind of the thing that sort of gets you to one place isn't the thing that necessarily gets you the rest of the way. And what's nice, I think, I think you and I share this part too, where we're on the other side now, right? And so we can just enjoy our gym experience. I mean, I'd be lying to you guys if I said, you know, that when I first started CrossFit, you know, I was going to, you know, three on one off and I was working out 60% all the time. And I mean, we've covered that to death on a lot of these, but, you know, I don't do that now. Like I work out, I enjoy it. You know, I heard someone talk about their why today. I don't know if, if that's a thing that you're familiar with, but it is something that people can explore and maybe I can write an article about it. But like, if your why is I gotta be lean, yeah, I'm gonna tell you, you ain't never getting lean, right? Your why needs to be something that, that means something measurable. Like, you know, my why would be, I wanna stay healthy, you know, because it makes me a better father and it makes me a better husband. That's my why, right? That's, that's you know, and then there's, you know, various stages to why. And then one of my whys is because 
I enjoy living a fit life. One of my whys is because I like to be able to compete, you know, so that type of stuff. Are you familiar? The, the competing is not my why. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> well, but I mean, like, you're an example to your daughter, right, who is, oh, yeah. who is very strong. I mean, you know, just I, I love – I love being the example for our children, you know, because I mean, my my suspicion is that, you know, you know, once again, you and I were similar in this regard, where you know our kids saw us when we weren't fit, you know, and so you know, I mean, my daughter reminds me of that occasionally. She's like, I remember when we were kids, and you know, you would breathe hard going up the stairs, and you know, now, you know, you're about to walk out the door and run 16 miles, you know? Um, I mean, are there ever any moments like that for you? Well, interestingly enough, I mean, Cassie, the other day, she said, um, and it's only been, I mean, let's think that through. It's, it's only been like two and a half years or something since I was that size, maybe, you know, less than three years. She's 14 and she goes, I don't, in her mind, I am so different than what I was. And that's true because I was, I mean, the depression was really bad. I mean, there was just a lot of things going on at that time that were heavy. And I mean, I was just not, you know, internally very heavy too. I was very sad and very big and very, it was just dark. And she goes, I don't even remember you that way anymore. She goes, because who you are right now is nothing like you were. I mean, you are so strong and confident and vibrant and all these things that, she has a hard she told me she can't even remember me like that anymore see and i think that that's a good segue to the mini cut discussion right because i think what what happens you know and and i have to say i mean you know there's always like this concern on the staff side of things that when stuff like this gets introduced that people are going to go you know all of a sudden we're going to become a diet site and you know i think that you know, from a customer side of things, there's still some people struggling with it, right? There's still people, you know, that want to, you know, they believe that the answer to kind of the depression stuff that you talked about um, is lean, right? And that is true, but I would say that, you know, really, you'll, you won't make any real gains until you make peace with that person wherever they are. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think um not playing anymore. Thanks a lot, guys. Woo, there it goes. The kids they're all there. I'm not they're all playing video games. Someone had a giant implosion up there. But um I wouldn't say though that like me getting leaner is what made me happier or different. It was finding that thing that I love to do. Like I love to go to the gym. I love it. I have to make myself take rest days. Like that, that was the thing that changed me. And like yeah. when I, when I found need to perform and you guys were kind of like, this is, you know, doing that thing that you love is what matters. That's the thing that changed me from with the depression and who I was and kind of how lost that I was. Like that's the confidence from now. Like, yeah, I'm confident in my own skin, but that's because I want to go like that's, I want to go in and crush it. Like I want a thirty-pound back squat PR. <laughs> you know, like right. Well, that's your why. Yeah. Like, like for me, I mean, I, I'd love to say that it's for my kids, and and yes, my daughter is amazing. She lifts lifts weights with me every day. She outlifts everyone in our gym, and that's. But it's really having something for myself that I can go in and mentally take a break, and I can recharge myself and be better for everybody. Yeah, I mean. You know, I have to say, like, you know, I do have a, a little bit of a struggle sometimes um, because I feel like I had a good relationship with myself the whole time. I just think that I was an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just allowed life to plow me over. And it's so, it's so funny because, you know, it's not like I don't enjoy food. It's not like I don't enjoy life now. But – but I, it probably was some level of depression um, because I just allowed myself 
to sink into food like way more you know like oh it was a bad day i totally deserve this pizza or it was a bad day let's go you know have pasta tonight or it was a bad day like or it was a good day right yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as as much as I might not be a big fan of Weight Watchers, I did love their commercial. You know, um, if you're happy and you know it, eat a snack. If you're sad and you know it, eat a snack. I thought that was like a you know because it does represent you know how someone overeats and why they think of you know things. But you know, I think the problem that you run into on the other side of things. I was having a discussion with client today is that you know when you're going too low all the time that that also takes a, a mental toll and so you know when I wrote like the mini cut thing sort of the the idea that I had in mind was um, that it is okay you know to eat less than your Fitbit on occasion right and that it is okay to pursue fat loss. I mean, both of us did that. Um, but it's not really okay to not understand why you're doing what you're doing. Because I think that, you know, if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, hey, this Paul guy wrote, you know, this thing about two week mini cuts and, and, you know, I gave two scenarios and we'll talk about those scenarios because I think a lot of people are going to gravitate to the less scenario and I gravitate to the more scenario. And I lost 80 pounds gravitating to the more scenario. And I'm just going to tell you that the closer you are to the more scenario, the more adherence you will have and the more success you will typically have. The closer you go to the bottom, you know, I think you will struggle. But you won't struggle that much because it's only two weeks, you know. But it's not really a fat loss protocol as much as it is to sort of kind of, um, you know, deal with water. Um, you know, a great example would be, you know, you you know things kind of got away from you for a little while, um, and then you know you sort of went on a vacation, and you know you you wanted to enjoy yourself, been to perform for you know, six months to a year. Um, but you don't want to go through like, a, you know, a formal PFFL. That's the kind of person we're talking about, you know, with these two week mini cuts. I think Kim's concern, you know, and I can let her talk about it is that, you know, people were going to view this as sort of snuggling up to bad behavior. Can you talk a little bit about that, Kim? Well, I think, I mean, uh, in general, so many of us are pretty comfortable with the less and less and less. Even when we come to eat to perform, it takes a long while to get, not only get our macros up to where they need to be, and like that we're eating adequate food, but that mentally that that's okay. And all, you know, it's, um, uh, my concern with, with the two-week mini-cut was that we have a lot of people, that we were going to have a lot of people like, well, I'm not ready to do PFFL because I'm not eating enough yet, but I can do this little mini cut and like just snuggle, snuggle, snuggle up. And then I'll build back up for a few more weeks and then, hey, let me do a little mini cut and then live kind of in that constant right. re restriction mode that they came from in the first place, which was under eat, under eat, under eat. Okay, I'm going to eat, overeat a little bit or eat a little bit more than under eat, under eat, like this kind of, I mean, I dieted myself obese. I right. did every diet. Right, right. I mean, that's a great way to describe it because that's exactly what happened to me too. You know, I mean, in my 20s, I was able to put, you know, weight on, take it off, you know, by, you know, just getting a little bit more active, cutting down on M&Ms and Cokes for a while. And then in my 30s, I start to struggle a lot more. And what Kim just mentioned, you know, is something that, you know, a number of us have said is that we dieted our way to obesity. Because, you know, and, and there'll be people li listening and, and saying, well, you know, you guys didn't have self-control. No, we actually had more self-control than the good majority of people because we had willpower and we stuck with that willpower even though, you know, I mean, I remember times where I would go, 
2006, 2007, I went for almost a year eating about a thousand calories. You know, now if you're saying that that you know I'm a weak person because I ended up gaining weight, you know, after that, I would argue that you are completely wrong. That I was the victim of bad dieting practices, and so all I was doing was adhering to something that was not natural for my body. And so the fact that I eventually gave in and ate, you know, you don't know what it's like. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people do know what it's like to hear what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that those people feel like, you know, they're weak and they feel like they're lacking in willpower because they failed that one time or maybe a couple times down the road or, or they had a, like a slip up. No, it, it's really like the unnatural way that you know, dieting sort of has you go, it's sort of against nature. And, and so when Kim talks about snuggling back up to um, kind of like the, the, the less, less, less model, what she's really saying from a scientific standpoint is that you're compromising your metabolism. And one of the things that I talked about was how thyroid function and how your muscle protein doesn't develop in times of, you know, of deprivation. And so we run into that with performance-focused fat loss phases. That's why we've got to stop those along, you know, eight weeks and sort of reverse people out of that. One of the advantages of kind of a two-week mini-cut where you're only using it maybe once every six months, once a year, right, I mean, I said in the article, I've never actually done one. One of the reasons why I don't need to do one is because I can use work as a replacement for this type of activity. And so I don't know what's happening with Kim. My oh. loud dog is trying to get in. I was trying. Come on, Chief. Sorry. That's okay. My dog, my dog left right at the beginning of the podcast. Um, the, just so everybody knows, like, like, if you're listening on the podcast and you're not an Eat to Perform member, there's, you know, roughly 30 Eat to Perform members that are sitting here listening to what we're talking about. They can answer, ask questions, but in general, I think that they um, just like being part of these types of things. These are going to be casual. There's not going to be a lot of production value. We're not going to have intro music and stuff like that because, frankly, all that shit makes this stuff harder, you know, and then it will never happen. I think what, you know, Kim's talking about here, what I'm talking about, these are things that really, you know, are counterintuitive to what most of us believe. And, you know, when we talk about, you know, doing a two-week mini-cut – and Kim is someone that's lost almost 100 pounds, and she's talking to you guys from a level of concern. You should hear that, right? Because that's someone who's come from where you want to go. And the way that you do that is enhancing metabolic function, and you don't do that constantly snuggling up. And I think that, you know, we do often see people that kind of like just put their toe in the water of each perform. And, you know, these two week mini cuts are not for those people, you know? So, you know, we did have someone, um, you know, asking about it in the coaches forum. Right. And, uh, they, you know, I responded to them and their rest day calories were, were 1,700. Their total daily energy expenditure should have been closer to like 2,500, maybe rest days 2,100, right? So she's 1,700 on a rest day. I said, realistically, I mean, you know, you'd be 1,200 $1, calories on a, on, a, on a rest day. How is that eating to perform? How is that helping your metabolism to recover? I mean, I get the fact that, you know, you feel um, – you know, a little uncomfortable for whatever reasons. We didn't make anybody diet poorly, you know, previous to this, right? And we're not saying that, you know, 
that the process is linear because it's not. I mean, it's it's really something that is a lot of trial and error. You're not going to always feel super lean, like I talked about earlier. You know, um, sometimes I feel like super lean, and then five hours later, I'm like, "What the hell just happened?" You know, and that's just kind of the way it is when you're eating to recover and you're eating to, you know, um, you know, kind of fuel work great capacity. The one thing that is sort of nice about about like the mini cuts. You know, if you're a female, as an example, like one of the examples that I used, I, I used my example. Um, but let's say that you're a female, and then rather than cutting, you know, 500 calories, as an example, um, which is, you know, like I said in, in the article, it's not going to be, you know, because I'm going to add this as kind of a an addendum to the article. I mean, you're really looking at two to five pounds and really only about two pounds of fat. So this is not a fat loss protocol unless we're talking about insulin sensitivity. It is a good um, thing for insulin sensitivity, which basically means that your body would metabolize carbohydrates better, and it can be good for that, right? Um, but I think what's going to happen for a lot of people, they'll be at you know, 2,400, and their temptation is to go, I want to go to 1,900. I would argue that for two weeks, you'd be much better off going to 2,900 and then coming down to 2,400, 2,300, right? And so what that would do for you is it would allow you to basically eat roughly what you've been eating, but uh, still see some, uh, you know, water release, some fat loss, you know, I, I really he even hate saying like the fat loss part because, you know, when you're talking about homeostasis or basically the balance that, that the body tries to be at most of the time, when we're talking about two to five pounds, the body's going to always kind of, you know, keep you in, in a similar range. And I don't think you're going to see huge gains from the standpoint of, of weight loss and you're going to keep that weight loss off. But what I think you will see is that you'll be leaner as a result. You're, you're, you know, if you if you take off five pounds of water, and and I gave this scenario earlier, you know, if you if you can get past the the you know the nine day resets and the thirty day this and the you know two-week flushes and, you know, all this kind of mentality, right? And the good majority of the time you're you're eating to fuel great work capacity. It's just going to – life is going to take over for a while, and sometimes you're going to have a moment like this. And, you know, one of the reasons why I thought about it, Kim, was just because this is sort of that two- to three-week period between Thanksgiving and kind of <laughs> when the holidays start to act up. And I do think it is a good time for some people to take this as a way to kind of just, you know, clean things up a little bit. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not saying that I necessarily think that it's a bad idea. I just think that people need to be honest with themselves in, in why they're doing it and where they are at and how much they're eating. When they when they go to do that, it's kind of like the woman we were taught you were just talking about in the forum. Like she's like, yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Like I, you know, I'll just knock out a couple weeks. I won't need to kind of you know, maybe I'll postpone my January PFFL. But she's eating so little that right. she would have to cut her calories so drastically that you know, uh, people have a hard time being honest with how much they're eating and how much they should be eating and how much they're exercising. And you have to really be honest with yourself if you're going to kind of do something like that, that, it, that you're not just trying to eat and cycle back and eat and cycle back and eat and cycle back over the holidays and that kind of thing, because then that's just bad behavior, right? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's a, you're not doing a two week mini cut. You're doing an always cut, you know? Right. And, and I think that, um, you know, even when people think they've got it together, that those behaviors are very easy to rear their heads up around the holidays. Like, let's do Thanksgiving, and then we'll cut a couple weeks. Then we'll do Christmas, and we'll cut a couple weeks. Or, you know, like, I'll cut a few days, and then, you know, crap, I drank a whole bunch on New Year's. Maybe we should do a Jan – you know, start January off with two more weeks. You're like, okay, people need to chill a little bit. 
Yeah. So that requires a little self-awareness. I did, I did obviously cover it a lot in the article of the conditions where, you know, people, um, you know, need to be real honest with themselves. But I think what Kim is ultimately saying to you guys, and all, by the way, you know, um, we have, you know, kind of a, the way Eat Perform works is we sort of start people off with meal planning and then, you know, we have special forums for people um, that when they go through a fat loss period or a performance focused fat loss period. And she's one of the moderators of that group. And so, so Kim, talk to us a little bit about like the things that you always hear from the people that go into a PFFL, right? They've worked their numbers up, you know, uh, and you know, they've been kind of close to their Fitbit numbers for about three to four weeks. And then they go, I think it's time for a PFFL. Tell us what happens. People are hungry. Like we've had to be a people get, um, you know, especially like we've got a new PFFL cycle running, like people are hungry. You know, everyone thinks they want PFFL until they start. Everyone thinks they've really pushed that top end until they get their numbers back and they start trying to eat it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hey, wait a minute. This is kind of awful. Well, we do debrief a lot of the people in the group coaching. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we always see is, and not every single time, you know, I mean, like if, if somebody wants to PFFL, right, and they've put in the work, we're not going to say no to you typically in that situation. But we are going to say to you, look, you only had your numbers for three weeks. Yeah. Might well give it a couple months. I mean, you gave dieting, you know, 30 years of your life. Can you give us three more months? Because if you can, you'll have a much better chance of having a more recovered metabolism. Simple fact of the matter is, is you're not going to solve life's problems in that three months anyway. You know? Well, and this, this PFFL cycle is people are doing even better than the last one because we have a lot of people who we told weren't ready for the, you know, for the last cycle. Yeah. Like keep building their calories up. And we gave them a plan of like, well, here's where your top end is going to be. People are doing a lot better. You know, they're feeling a lot better. They're doing a lot better. Scale, you know, weight loss is going better already. Just because we have a whole nother group of people who were eating, who wanted to do it last cycle. And they didn't. They waited two more, two more months of eating their top end numbers. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what, you know, it's, it's just so interesting to me of how different my life is now compared to when I was in the dieting cycles of my 30s. You know, I mean, one of the things that really just stands out to me every single time that I talk about it is how little regard I had for exercise, you know, and how I thought to myself, well, exercise makes me hungry. And so, therefore, I can't exercise because, you know, and I didn't really want to exercise, right? The majority of the stuff that I was doing, I didn't like. Um, and so, I didn't really want to do it. I didn't really like it. You know, it was sort of punishment. And then I wasn't, you know, feeding myself. And so, you know, I've talked about this many times, how I stumbled upon the idea of eat perform. And then how, you know, as I started researching it, concepts that is the foundation of eat form is like the most researched part of sports physiology right i mean you know sports you know uh, strength and conditioning coaches have known all the things that we've talked about for years you know that keeping a good thriving metabolism is positive and that to see you know kind of this fat loss thing. I think the the one of the things that's nice about like talking about a mini cut or talking about where we're having like performance focused fat loss, but the real the real emphasis is the period where you aren't in a deficit. What that allows you to do is also get fat loss, right? Because you're gaining lean tissue 
um, especially if you have some level of resistance training. The problem with starving yourself lean is that you're never going to want to do the resistance training. You're never going to want to the gym. And if you're doing something that you kind of don't like anyway, and then you're also starving, at some point you're going to land in a face full of cheesecake. You know? And in my opinion, there's a lot of people. I'm sorry. Feel, feel <laughs> it's like a shirtless kid running past you. I'm sorry. Um, the uh, um, welcome to America. Um, <laughs> but um, so I think that uh, you know, I mean, when we did our our work with Tracy Mann, and you can search you know the Tracy Mann podcast on our site. Um, she talked about this and talked about willpower and talked about how, you know, diets thrive off of you failing. Yeah. Like they, they actually, they actually need you to fail, you know? And, um, there's not, you know, a great, you know, I remember someone saying, well, what's the science behind eating form? I said, well, first of all, it's the science of total daily energy expenditure is basically the same thing that people have been using for strength and conditioning forever. The the science behind starving yourself all the time, though, yeah, that's not so good. You know, like in general, your body kind of likes food. That's how it functions well, you know. Um, and it's sort of interesting because the guy that I was talking to today, you know, he was just starting to, to get acclimated and um, – I started talking to him about how he ate, and he has an active job. I mean, he probably burned somewhere 3,500 to 4,000 calories. I could see him in real life, and I could see that, like, you know, he had kind of sagging skin and, like, arms weren't developed and, and things of this nature. And that's what happens when you're active, but you don't eat enough for your level of activity. If this guy starts to put, you know, a consistent way, one of the things that I described to him that I think is the problem that Kim is kind of concerned most about for you guys is I said, so, so let's say that you're supposed to be eating 4,000 calories a day, but you're not, you're eating 2,500 calories a day. At some point it's going to catch up to you. So in this instance, he's eating relatively intuitively, right? Um, yay, laundry's done. Um, the, uh, and so, so he's eating relatively intuitively, um, 2,500 calories seems like a lot to some people, right? And so he's, he seems fine. He's like, I'm not hungry. I said, yeah, but if you're, if you're supposed to be eating 4,000 calories, tell me what Saturday looks like. And then what ends up happening is, is that if you're running a 1,500 calorie deficit, right, for seven days straight or six days straight and then Saturday comes, now all of a sudden it's 12 pack of beer time. It's pizza and chicken wings time. The only problem is, is your body's adjusted to 2,500 calories, okay? Your metabolism is at 2,500, but now you're throwing in 4,500 to 5,000 calories. Now you're looking at some level of, you know, body fat storage, things of that nature. And he's like, yeah, that's how your body stores fat. I said, well, yeah, but it doesn't happen like that, like that. Right? It's like a gradual type thing. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you wonder like, how the hell did this happen to me? You know, And that's what I think is the big value of what we're sort of teaching people and what, what Kim's trying to caution you guys with. You know, I mean, I went over it in the article. Um, I don't know what like people think, but you know, like I'm like this devious guy that actually wants people to cut. I don't personally cut, you know, like I choose to um, always tend to opt for the work side of things as my default. Um, and that, you know, that's good and bad too. You know, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to earn my food necessarily, but I don't want to, um, you know, I want to keep progressing as an athlete. I want to keep yeah. doing the things that I enjoy. You know, I mean, some of my whys are really important and getting in the gym is one of them. Um, anything that, anything that I covered there that you want to kind of expound upon? Um, I think, well, you had kind of like at one point when, you know, it made me think of, I was talking to one of our members and she was, you know, struggling a little bit. And I said, you know, I remember back in the beginning, April and Jill asking me, 
what did I want my like my the rest of my life to look like with like food and my body and all those things like what was that picture of what I wanted and I just wanted to be able to eat I wanted to be able to eat without it being a big dang deal I wanted to feel great and I wanted to have something that I love to do and I didn't want to be having to cycle back and forth and and diet and do all these things I just wanted to kind of feel like a a normal person who just ate enough and felt good and ha could play with my kids and be active without it being so crazy and they were like okay that's why we're just gonna be patient like be patient like people all the time kind of freak out when they're like well how long did it take you to get from this picture to this picture I'm like well two years and people are like oh I don't want to be I don't want to have it take two years I'm like, like well bad <laughs> I was like yeah but like I had no crazy train for two years like that was like and I've said before to people like I had more mental issues with food than some people do so it's okay that it took that long because I wasn't crazy I wasn't having to restrict I wasn't freaking out I wasn't if I ate too much if I went out with my husband I like just blew it out of the water I just started over the next day big dang deal and like I, that was the picture of my life that I wanted and that's what I have now and yeah. I didn't that, that first but, bit of performance focus fast loss that I did a couple months ago I mean that's the first cut that I done since I started right I mean like you know what you're describing you know when I went from 32 to 9 percent that was a year and people were like wow you went from 32 to 9 percent in a year well guess what that wasn't the only year there was a year before that right where I went from mid 40th percentile down to 32 percent you know I went from 230 to 185 I was 32 percent at 185 maybe by me might have been 187 but but like I went from 230 to 185 um and and that took roughly a year so I I think people are unrealistic and I think that you know I well I'd be interested to hear how it went for you because like I went from 230 to 225 and then I went from 225 to 220 I never said okay I'm at 230 I need to get to 160 you know what I mean I think that's a big big problem for a lot of people because it's like a wish yeah well I mean the first the first kind of click of my weight loss when I went paleo and started CrossFit I mean that that what that went pr fairly quickly I mean I I went from being completely inactive and like eating whatever to being like super strict paleo and <laughs> like CrossFit and um, There's no in between right yeah there was there was no I'm, I'm all or no I'm all or nothing that's part of my problem you know, yeah. that's what that's what I've had to fit you know each performance helped me fix that actually and um, but you know like I said when my coach signed me up it's because I felt like crap and I was I was moving slow and he's like I just you know this isn't you you're, you know you've lost some weight but what we're doing isn't working and within like almost I mean it was almost instantaneous with under two weeks I went from being literally last in every single Metcon to the middle of the pack and I wasn't, you know, I mean, I'm not a, I was not a small girl at that point. And I mean, I literally changed everything. I mean, it was almost instantaneous once I started eating more. Yeah, I do think that a lot of coaches in that instance are still kind of lost, you know, because they see an athlete with fat to use, right? And then um, they want to have an answer for them. And so they assume that there's like some bad habits or they assume that you know but you know i feel like you know and i've said this before so i apologize if i'm repeating myself to some people but the fitness industry has been hijacked by the diet industry and i feel like we need to get it back you know and you know i'm obviously you know, there's a component where we're obviously going to be teaching people to eat at a deficit, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it's really the main driver is more metabolism, more work capacity. And, you know, I, I think that if you're a coach 
and you're sort of struggling, you know, like use resources out there like you do form or, you know, precision nutrition is another good one. The problem that I have with really anything other than eat perform is they always seem to go to the deficit. And if you're listening to Kim, what she's saying is the deficit is what was kind of like not making her feel whole. So if you're a gym owner, you know, and you have some clients that are struggling with their relationship with food and things like that, kind of sending them to the naughty and nice list side of things, you know, isn't going to help. In fact, it's probably going to make things worse. And what's really the really funny part about it is, is often they'll lose clients because of it. You know, I think that's where your coach like deserves like super kudos. Yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty awesome, actually. And uh, I mean, he um, he is probably going to be going to regionals and hopefully the games next year. And he cut he he, you know, cut some weight. Because he's, I mean, he's pretty jacked, big. And, I mean, he cut well on 500 grams of carbs a day. Right. I mean, he, he, we pushed his top, I mean, I kept pushing his top end and pushing his top end. And there was, like, no end in sight. It's like Taylor, right? There's just no end in sight. Like, where is that top end? So, finally, when he was going to cut, I mean, he cut on 500 grams of carbs a day. He cut, tw- you know, I mean, his, and it, it was unbelievable. And people are like, well, what are you doing? He's like, I am eating so much food <laughs> well that's the other thing too like even in the case of a fitbit we know that you know fitbit's not perfect for all things right and so you know even if your fitbit says 2400 if you're not testing that top end you don't really know right and you know if you never allow yourself you know to you know have a little water you know have you know a little bit of belly at times or or you know maybe feeling a little kind of overstuffed i mean you you're really kind of missing some of the magic i think if if at every single time that you're like that and then you feel guilty and stuff like that you know you're listening to the wrong people you know because the the right people would tell you i i mean one of the things that sort of because I was actually, I had this article in editing. I was sort of going to put it out kind of after Thanksgiving, and it will come out, you know, um, to the masses at that time. But I shared it, you know, in-house with each performers ahead of time because someone talked about, you know, kind of cutting sugar, cutting alcohol, and just trying to clean things up a bit. And for some reason, I think, that that gets like a stigma um, within each reform unnecessarily. You know, I, I don't think that, you know, Kim, myself, I mean, we probably eat freely at times, but the good majority of the way we eat, you know, my problem when I was obese wasn't the fact that I had pizza once a week. It was the fact that I had pizza all the time. <laughs> it was the fact that, you know, every moment was a celebration moment or every moment was this day suck moment, you know. Um, and what I think you have to get beyond. And I think working out does help this, right? I mean, because, you know, you're, you're, you're doing pull-ups or you're doing something, you know, it's sort of like having those, that pair of jeans that, you know, you put on to just kind of see where your progress is at. I think working out sort of works that way. You know, like if you normally do 10 pull-ups and 10 pull-ups feels great, then awesome. If, you know, you've been letting things go a little bit and then you went on vacation and let things go a little bit more and you came back and the 10 pull-ups that you normally do now turned into eight, you know, it might be time to just like have a couple days and clean things out a little bit. Doesn't mean that you have to do a two week mini cut. Doesn't need to mean you have to immediately PFFL, but there's nothing saying you can't eat, you know, sweet potatoes, steak, you know, all these things, salads, all these things in moderation as part of a strategy. I mean that you can do that and eat the form. There's no rule against it. So um, I, I think that that's sort of, you know, People look at like the Rice Krispie treats or the cereal at night and think that that's that's our life. That's how we eat. You know, 
Um, I'll eat cereal at night when things are going fine for me and I'm relatively lean. If I'm kind of loose, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be doing the cereal at night. You know, um, I don't think I've done it probably in the last two weeks, actually. So, you know, it sort of depends on sort of where you're at. I don't want to discourage the cereal at night because I think it is kind of a helper as it relates to sleeping and some of that, that thing. But, you know, if you're already, you know, kind of feel like you're pushing it a little bit, there's no real reason to like put whole foods there. Um, yeah. Well, and carbs, carbs at night don't actually make me sleep better. I'm one of the, there's a small, there's a small group of us at the carbs at night, carbs at night make me want to stay up like and be awake. Well, what's funny about the carbs at night thing, like like the, if I did it tonight, it would knock me out, right? But after like two or three days, it doesn't have the same effect on me. And I know yeah. for some people it does. I mean, I think I think it's as much about being fed as it is about the carbs. Now, certainly, like I said, if I don't have it for a while and then I have it, I'm like drool on my pillow sleeping. You know, yeah, it depends on my workout. Like for, I mean, I mean, we did the total, we did the total CrossFit total the other day and like I craved carbs at night. Shoot. Yeah. Like I could have, I could have eaten the, I could have eaten the house down before bed. And I mean, I slept like a baby. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of the emphasis of the jeans article, right? Cause you know, I kind of hooked people in with the, you know, why you why you, your jeans fit better on low carb. And what I was really saying was, you know, yeah, your genes fit better, but it's not a reflection of, you know, your body fat because, right. you know, you're not giving your body a chance to necessarily recover. You're not getting that protein turnover that you would normally need and stuff like that. So I think those are, those are big things for people. Um, so I appreciate you being here, Kim. I think that you, you did a good, you know, accounting of, you know, the concerns that you would have or you should have, you know, I mean, the whole goal of eat to perform is to get your metabolism to recover. I mean, does that mean that two mini, two week mini cuts can't be a part of it? No, it can be. Um, does it mean that performance focused fat loss periods can't be a part of it? No, but the way you used to think of dieting is the way you should think of eat to perform now, right? And then only occasionally are we looking at eating at a deficit. And if you do it that way, you're gaining, you're losing fat both ways because you're gaining lean tissue the good majority of the time. Your metabolism is high. Your thyroid's functioning great. Your protein is staying on your body, you know, and there's all these positives. Well, I mean, I, and interestingly enough, I mean, if you look, most of the coaches or those of us who've been around for a long time, we need to perform. Most of all of us don't want to do a performance-focused fat loss phase, and we've all had great results. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have, if you were to take a poll of how many of us coaches or those of us have been doing this a long time who have had great body composition results want to do another PFFL or want to do one in general, everyone's like, "Yeah, no, I feel fantastic eating a lot." And I know I know what people listening to this right now. And, and I agree with you, and, and that's representative of my journey, right? I mean, once once I got past, like, that initial stage, um, you know, I, I did kind of go up, you know, in powerlifting. And so people say, well, didn't you do, like, three performance-focused fat loss? Well, you know, I did over the last, you know, couple years. And so, you know, that brought me down to, you know, closer to 170. Um, but – What's nice about kind of having that freedom, I think that a lot of people listening go, yeah, well, I appreciate what you're saying, but I'm not there. I think you can be there. I think you can be there right now, you know, because I don't think if you're listening to this and dieting has been a way of your life for many years, you really don't know the magic of not dieting, right? And you don't know the magic of normalizing and you don't know how, you know, your relationship with food will change. I can't tell you how many people talk to me. I mean, it, my, my wife is always like, 
you know, shocked at the things that she hears related to Ethan form because, you know, it's not reflective of her journey at any point in time, but the hair loss, the relationship with food, the relationship with their family, the relationship with, you know, their kids, you know, the way that their kids view food, you know, oh, yeah. all of these things change positively when you are, you know, in kind of a normalization way of thinking most of the time. So, well, and anyway. how physically, and how you physically feel. Like after you've been doing this long enough that you are fully fed for a long time, like you actually physically feel so different. I yeah, mean, when, when I first started, I would have been okay with doing some cut periods because I was that my body was my body was really used to being in that place in deprivation mode. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, no. I came no. out the other end of this PFFL, and. I feel, I mean, I put 15 pounds on my clean. I mean, in the last two weeks, 15 pounds on my clean, 35 pounds on my back squat, 10 pounds on my deadlift, um, 35 pounds on my overhead squat. Like, I want to eat all the food. See, but I think, I think a lot of people listening to this, Kim, just playing devil's advocate, are going to go, those things aren't as important to me. What's important to me is being lean. And what I think that you guys don't know yet is that as you switch the mindset, you know, and it might not be what Kim's goals are. Kim's goals are to get stronger, to get better. Your goals might be to run better. Your goals might be to bike better or whatever it is, right? Just feel but, better. Yeah. For me, that's an example of feeling better. But I just mean even day in, day out, feeling so much physically better. Yeah, and then if, you, if you're getting better at what you do, and you're eating an adequate amount of for, for what you do most of the time, the way that that changes your overall perspective is unreal. If, as an example, you're under eating and therefore not progressing, one, you're going to feel stuck, like you've painted yourself in this corner, and then the things that you're doing, you're not going to get better at them. So at some point they're going to become burdensome. And it's like, oh my God, I gotta drag myself to the gym yet again. And when you listen to Kim, obviously you're hearing someone that's very excited about all the things that she's doing. And she can compartmentalize that in all kinds of ways when food is part of the equation the majority of the time. But if she was the reverse, you wouldn't see near the level of enjoyment as it relates to life, as it relates to what she does, you know, all, all, all that super positive. Yeah, it's more fun. It's more it's more fun when I feel great. Right. But I, I, I just tell you, you know, there's just so many people out there that are thinking to myself, I, you know, I'm willing to not feel great just so I can feel great. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like that ain't how it works. You got to feel great right now. And then, you know, then you know, you gradually move to getting better. You know, I mean, when we say two years, if you're not willing to invest two years in the rest of your life, I got bad news for you. You ain't going to make it. You know, anybody that's made this significant change, you know, I mean, that, you know, referencing Tracy Manigan, I mean, what Tracy said is that the success rate for dieting is less than the success rate of most cancers right so if you've got to solve this problem that you've been struggling with for many many years in the next 30 days to 60 days to, you know and you go well i only have 40 pounds to lose you know kim's talking about almost 100 pounds paul's talking about 80 pounds that's not me 40 pounds is still a significant amount and if you if you bite it off in chunks you're going to be more successful, especially if you can extend that time period longer. I mean, I don't know, you know, I mean, we, we're obviously a little bit longer than we normally go, but what's funny, I think people get a kick out of this when they hear, hear me say this. What's your regret about your approach? Because we all look back and we go, well, what could I have done different? And the one thing that I always point to is I wish I could have done it slower. 
you know, because if I had done it slower, I would have kept more muscle, right? I would have been a little bit more patient. And, you know, like I said, ultimately I landed at a hundred, I landed at 175, which is 25 pounds more than my lowest, you know? So if I was patient, and let's say that I knew that 175 pounds was my my end game, I could have been sort of recomping along the way rather than kind of trying to find this, you know, what I think is ultimately a happy place for me right now um, where I can do a lot of cool stuff and have enough, you know, body composition. I'm not trying to be, you know, 7% body fat all the time. I think that that's, you know, that's another thing that, People are sort of comparing, you know, their before to someone else's photoshopped after, you know, and they're always thinking, well, you know, I want to be that, you know, like that's, that's not how this works. You know, um, it's really kind of a personalized thing. Well, Kim, I appreciate you being here. I know you're obviously taking time away from your family as they're jotting back and forth um, during the podcast, but you know, that's what this podcast is like, you know, this, you know, eating performance is like like a family. I mean, like it, you know, um, I I feel a connection with Kim. I think she probably feels a similar connection to me. I mean, even though we don't live near each other, you know, you get to know people over the course of years. Where you go, you know what? So many people are trying to do this the other way. I'm gonna kind of like stick with my tribe. We're gonna do our cool stuff. And we're going to eat the food and we're going to enjoy life, you know, and hopefully, you know, we're sort of making an impression on people. I think we are, you know, um, but I feel like if you don't know Kim, you should, because I think she's <laughs> one of the more inspiring people. And well, hopefully I wasn't too nervous. I get really quiet. I get really quiet when I'm nervous and I lose like in real life. I'm like, Rah! like crazy and like loud, like Sarah, just wait. It'll look good. Like Sarah. You know, what's funny. Is I thought Sarah was shy. Like for the longest time, I thought Sarah was shy. No, obviously I've learned the opposite now. But um, well, cool. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll see you guys in the groups and in the forums. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. -bye.